looking at a book in the Bible uh, written by a man named John, and uh, we are talking about who is Jesus and what does that have to do with our lives? What does he have to do with our lives? And this week I've had uh, several conversations with uh, different people, and um, a lot of those conversations basically kind of went something like this of, I'm here and I want to be there. And that might be the certain part of character or a certain part of just kind of what's happening in life, but we can all kind of feel that in some ways of I'm here and I'd like to be there, whether uh, that is, and I, I, I struggle with being impatient and I'm, I'm really, uh, I kind of on edge with people and I would like not for that to be the case. I want to be more patient or maybe it's about uh, loving other people that I, I'm, I feel like in my life, um, when people are struggling or when people are suffering, that I don't really want to get into that mess. I don't really want to get into their suffering. It's really uncomfortable for me, but I, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to have compassion. I want my instincts to be compassion towards people that are struggling, not uh, I don't really want to engage in that. Or maybe it's not even about kind of some sort of character thing, whether that's patience or anger or something along those lines. Maybe it's um, we look at our life and we say, I want this over here of friendships, our relationships. We go, man, I, I look at my life right now and I still struggle with loneliness and I still struggle with kind of people don't really know me and, and I really want that to be the case. I want, I want people to know me and I want people to love me and I want people to love and I want to know people, but I'm here and I want to be there. Or maybe for some of you, it's, um, it's things like, man, I want... I feel like I want to have a life that really makes a difference. I really want to have a life in which the people that encounter me experience blessing in some way. The people that encounter me feel God's love through me. And I'm here, but I want to be there. And I think that that is something, whether it's character-wise or relational or, or just kind of the purpose in our lives, that we can feel at different times. If I'm here and I want to be there and we, we know that, but to bridge that gap can be really difficult. Like, what does it look like to move from here to there? How can we get stuck? How can we know I want to be over here, but I'm here? How can we, how can we feel that? How do we actually move from one thing to another thing? And really what we're talking about is how do we get the kind of life, how do we get the kind of life that is just instinctually overflowing with the things that we right now want? If you want to be more patient or you want to be more kind or you want to be more gentle or you want to have relationships that are kind of just blossoming and great friendship and love and, and you go, I'm here and I want to be there, how do we get that life? And it's just, if, and not just bits and pieces, but it's defined by that. How do we get a life where it's defined with just overflowing of, man, my character is growing, my relationships are great? How do we get that kind of life that is defined in, in this way? How do we get that? And oftentimes, the way that we work on that is we take whatever topic or whatever issue there is and say, okay, so I'm going to work on that. So I'm not very patient, so I'm going to work on patience. I'm not, I'm not very kind to people, and so I need to work on my kindness. I mean, I get, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of empathy and compassion for people that are hurting, and I notice that in myself, and so I'm going to work on empathy, and I'm going to work on compassion. Or maybe we say, uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I, I want to have friendships that are really deep and meaningful, and so I'm going to work on friendship. 
And that's oftentimes how we kind of go about working on and getting that kind of life that we would want, right? As we kind of focus on the different topics and focus on the different areas that we hope to see some change in. But that usually doesn't work, and it won't work in the long term. It doesn't work because what we're essentially saying is there's two choices that we're faced with. We have a choice maybe in some particular moment to, um, to do one thing, and we, we want to, let's say, relax, right? We're like, man, I just want to relax, and I just want to chill out, but I know I want to be the kind of person that serves other people and helps other people. And so we got these two choices. Go, well, I want this one, but I know I should do this one. Or we want to be maybe forgiving. Maybe forgiving is a kind of thing that you go, man, I, I really want to be a forgiving person. A lot of people have wronged me or people have hurt me, and I want to be a forgiving person. But I also really want to pay this person back. I also really want to mull over what they've done to me and let that keep churning in my mind. And we're faced with these two choices, right? And we go, well, how, how, does, how, how can I be forgiving if I also want this and and we try to then, well, I'm going to work on forgiveness. Or how can, I, how can I be a generous person, but I also want all of these different comforts and pleasures? And how do, Man, it, it really doesn't work because we've got these two conflicting things. And sometimes one wins out and sometimes another wins out. Or in that fight of trying to wrestle between them, we get tired and we get burnt out. And so we go, I'm here, whether that's character or relationships or purpose in life. I'm here and I want to be there. And usually, we kind of try to work on this thing over here, this issue over here. And yet, it doesn't long-term work. And the reason is, we got to get underneath what's going on in the first place. And this is what Jesus is talking about that we look at today. So if you have a Bible, you can turn it to John 15, and I'll read the, the first part of this. And, and what we're going to see is this. Jesus is saying, we have to get underneath. If you're here and you want to be there... If you're here and you want to grow, you want your character to change, you want, you want to have a life that's just kind of blossoming with the things that you hope to have in it. You want to become this certain kind of person with certain kinds of relationships. You want that. You can't just work on that. There's something you have to actually get underneath in. And here's what Jesus says in John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. It's like the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. 
you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear and that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Okay, so here's what Jesus is talking about. How do we get the kind of life, and Jesus is using the word fruit, but how do we get the kind of life that's overflowing with the things that we want in it? And I'm not talking about money and you know, cars. I'm talking about how do we get the kind of life where we go, I'm here and I want to be there. How do we get the kind of life where our character is what we hope it would be? We're more patient and more gentle and more selfless and more loving and more kind and more gracious to people and more peaceful and, and all of those things that we go, man, I'm here and I want to grow. I want to be over there, more courageous all the different types of things that we go, man, I want to see that happen. How do I get that? Or, or our relationships. How do I get a kind of community where, man, I love people and people love me and they know me. And how do I have a life that makes a difference? And Jesus calls all of that fruit. And he says, we don't just get it by working on the thing, but we got to go underneath. And here's what Jesus says. How do we get that kind of life? He says, you have to be connected to him got to be connected to him. And he, and he uses this imagery of a vine and branches. And he's probably talking about grapes here. And he uses this imagery talking about a vine and branches and fruit. And here's what he's saying. He's the vine. This is the vine. I don't know, have, have any of you ever been to a vineyard? Maybe a wine tasting or something like that. You actually get to go look at how grapes are grown and, and all that stuff. It's, it's, really, it's really cool. And there's a vine, and then there's branches, and then connected to the branches is the fruit. And here, here's what Jesus is saying. You, you want this, right? You want grapes. You want grapes in your life. You want these luscious, just kind of exploding things in your mouth that are just delicious. God's gushers, right? That's what grapes are, good grapes. Otherwise, they're just soggy, and they got seeds in them. But these grapes, I, actually, these are probably seed grapes, but... Good genetically modified grapes with no seeds are, you know, they're just amazing, right? Okay. And these grapes, that's what we want. We go, man, this is, and, and even just from a gardening perspective, this is what you want, right? No one just plants this and goes, isn't that really cool? I got a stick, right? We go, man, I want this. I want this fruit in my life. This is what I want to see happen. And Jesus goes, that's great. But the way that you get grapes isn't just, isn't just by grapes. The grapes have to be connected the, the fruit has to be connected to the branch, and the branch has to be connected to the vine. And Jesus says, I'm the vine. If you want fruit in your life, if you're here and you want to be there, you've got to be connected to me. You've got to be connected to me. The way to get from here to there isn't just trying to work on this. Imagine a branch laying on the ground. Imagine a branch laying on the ground, and it's looking up at the, the grapes. And, it, man, I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to get grapes. I'm going to try, I'm going to become a grape branch. But a branch on the ground that's disconnected from the... I can't do anything, right? If you see a branch on the ground, I mean, you're not going to go, oh, I bet one day that's going to sprout a lot of grapes. You just go, that's a branch. I can clean dog poop off my shoe or something, right? And Jesus says, Jesus says, if you want fruit in your life, you've got to be connected to me. That apart from him, we're just a branch laying on the ground. And we can want all this stuff and we can, we can envision all of these grapes that we could be. But Jesus says, you've got to be connected to me in order to get fruit. Just like a vine and branches or maybe a more modern day analogy 
is electricity. I think about um, maybe a space heater. Okay, it's a cold day today. You get a space heater. And what's a space heater supposed to do? I mean, it's supposed to heat the house, right? But it's supposed to heat space. Okay, it's supposed to, it's supposed to do all sorts of great things, right? It's supposed to create a welcoming environment in the sense of not because it's a pretty thing, but because it makes the house warm, especially if you don't have you know, internal heat. It's supposed to uh, maybe keep you warm at night. It's supposed to make it so if you're going to have people over to your house that it's warm and it's cozy, people aren't walking in and bundling up with red noses. A space heater is supposed to produce all, all sorts of things. If you have a cold wife like I do, it's supposed to keep your wife warm, right? I don't mean cold like hearted. I mean physically actually cold, okay? Like, man, he's calling out his wife. You have a cold, mean wife like me, you know? It's, it's supposed to keep your wife warm, right? It's supposed to do all sorts of great things. That's what a space heater is supposed to do, right? But a space heater, if it's just by itself, can't do that. It doesn't matter if the space heater said, man, I, I envision all this. Let's say a space heater could talk. And it says, man, I envision all this stuff that I could do. I could create a warm environment for people, and I could keep Caleb's wife warm. And, man, that would be such a good life. And so it tries to work on its knobs, and it tries to work on its coils, and can't do anything unless it's actually plugged into a power source, right? That's what Jesus is saying, the same way that a branch could look up at a grapevine and go, man, that would be so awesome. I'm, I'm here and I want to be there. That would be so great. He says, yeah, but you can't just get it by working on grapes. You have to be connected to the power source. A branch has to be connected to the vine. A space heater has to be connected to the outlet. This is what Jesus is saying, that we have to be connected to him how do we get the kind of life that we want whether it's character or the relationships or a purpose in life what jesus is saying here is it's not just by working on the thing you don't get joy by working on joy you don't get patience by working on patience you don't get kindness by working on kindness you don't get courage by working on courage you don't get you don't get even community by working on community you don't get purpose and meaning in life by working on purpose and meaning in life. Jesus says, the way you get fruit, the way you get grapes, is you've got to be connected to me. You actually have to be connected to me because I'm where all of life flows out of. And a lot of times what we do is we say, I'm here and I want to be here, so, so what's going to bridge the gap? Well, I just need to try harder. But that's like a branch on the ground saying, if I, if I try harder, I can get grapes to pop out of me. Or maybe we say, man, once my circumstances change, I'll be able to get here. I'm really impatient. I'm really on edge. But once, kinda, once I get a little more sleep and once my job gets a little more stable and once this happens and once I get nicer people around me, then I'll be able to get this kind of life. Jesus says, no, it's not. Man, it's none of those things. Circumstances changing can be helpful. Learning things can be helpful. Having some will to do something can be helpful. But a lot of times... That's what we believe is the power source. And what Jesus is saying here is this. No, you want fruit. You want fruit in your life. You have to be connected to me. Now, it's kind of a crazy claim, right? I mean, to say that, I mean, if I said that, you should run. If I said, I'm the power source. If you want your life to change, you've got to be connected to me. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, everything will flow out. Of, you have to be connected to me, and everything will flow out of it. Just like organically a vine, and a branch. You know what that means? That means Jesus wants this for us. You know what it means? It means when Jesus looks at your life and you and your life go, I'm here and I want to be there, Jesus goes, that's what I want for you. 
Man, I want, even in the Bible in another place, Paul lists out what he calls the fruit of the Spirit, which is to say the types of things that come out when we're connected to God. And he says, love, joy, and, and that's, Jesus is saying, you know what I want for you? I want in your life for you to be loving. I want in your life for you to be full of joy. I want in your life for you to be full of peace. I want for you to be full of patience and kindness and goodness. And that's what we would all want, right? Jesus says, that's what I want. You know what I want for you? I want for you. When the space heater talks and it goes, man, if I could have the kind of life I want and I could bless people with a hot house and I could bless people with their wives being warm and cozy, man, I would want to do that. And Jesus goes, that's what I want for you, little space heater. That's how Jesus talks to us. Okay? And he says, that's what I want for you, little buddy. Okay? That's what he wants for our lives. He wants them to be fruitful. He wants them to have all those effects that we want. And he says, that's what I want for you, but you've got to be connected to me because that's where it all flows out of. So what does it mean to be connected to him? What does it mean to be connected to him? Because we go, I'm here and I want to be there. I've got this character thing I want to work on. I've got this purpose in life I, I, I want to see happen. I want this kind of community and these kind of relationships. I'm here and I want to be there. And Jesus goes, okay, you got to be connected to me for that to happen. So what does it mean to be connected to him? What does it mean to be connected to him? And, and here's what Jesus says. First of all, it's, a, it's an active thing, by the way. It's a, it's a continual thing. It isn't just, okay, I just got to connect once. Because Jesus says, you need to stay in me. You need to keep being connected to me. It's a present tense thing that we have to always do. It's not just, okay, one time I connect to Jesus and then let's see what happens. Jesus saying, you got to, just like a space heater, you got to stay plugged into the wall. Jesus says, you got to stay connected to me. So what does it mean to be connected to him? Well, here's a couple things that Jesus says. He says, abide in me. And then he clarifies and says, abide in my love. Abide in my love. So he says, abide in me. That's what it means to be connected to me. Abide in me. Live in me. And he specifies and says, live in my love. Now, you know what that word abide means? It means you make your home in. You make you live there. So Jesus is saying, I want you to live in my love. I want you to live in. I want, you to, I want your house to be. I want your home to be my love. I want that. I know it's kind of weird. We don't usually talk like that. But Jesus said, I want you to live in my love. That's the place I want you to actually be living in. Now think about this. Where you live, the home you live, that affects so much of you, right? If you even just think back to how you were raised. The home you grew up in, the home you lived in, shapes you, right? The home you lived in shapes you. I mean, for good and for bad, right? If you, you can look back and you can probably go, I mean, I know for me, I like certain kinds of movies. You know, my dad was really into old school movies. And so I, all, I love old, old movies. That's because that's how I grew up. That's the home I lived in. Sarah grew up, her dad loved to cook. And praise the Lord, she loves to cook, you know? So it's like, man, she, she, you know, she has to watch old movies. I get good cooking, you know? It's like... We had a bad deal there, but I have a lot of space heaters, so I bless her. Um, I plug them in, so <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> so uh, the home you grew up in affects you, right? The home you grew up in affects you. It affects who you are for good and for bad. Think about it just with maybe a, a bit of a silly analogy of 
when a baby is born into this world, and I know several of you are pregnant right now, and I see a little baby over here too. And if this, if this is the mom and she's wearing this, I've got a future Broncos fan in me. What, is that going to shape that kid? From the very beginning, the home he grows up into is Broncos, right? And so what's he going to look like when he's a little kid? Maybe like this? This is Hunter, actually. Hunter, uh, <laughs> not really, but Hunter saw this and was like, yeah, that's awesome. He's a big Broncos fan. So, I mean, if the kid grow, I mean, you're growing up in this home where it's Broncos, 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 from when the time you're a baby, and then when you're a little kid, and then when you're an older man, right? I was, I was going to wear this, and then I thought that might be too much, um, so I didn't. But this is, this, is, this is what happens in the home you grow up in. The home you grow up in shapes you, right? What we live in shapes us. What does it mean to be connected to Jesus? Jesus says, if you're here and you want to be there, if you're here in character and in purpose in life and in all these different things and, and you want to be there, if you're here and you want to be over here, he says, you've got to be connected to me. And what does it mean to be connected to him? He says, here's what it means to be connected to me. You live in my love. The home, my love is your home. I think the closest thing to that that we can think of is when someone says, I grew up in a loving home. And Jesus is saying, I want you to grow up. I want you to live in a loving home. I want you to make your house in my love. Not the Broncos, but if we grew up in the Broncos, that would shape us, right? If we grew up with old movies, that would shape us. And Jesus says, you know what I want to shape you? I want you to live in my love. I want that to be what shapes you. And this is different. Look, he's not just saying, I want you to believe I love you. He's not just saying, I want you to believe in me in some generic way. He's saying, I want you to live in my love, for that to be the most real thing that's defining your life, is the love I have for you. Augustine, who was an early church leader in, in around the years 300 or so, he said this great quote that I love where he says that all of our hearts are restless until we find our home in him. All of our hearts are restless until we find our home in him. And here's what he's saying. We have this restlessness in us, this longing to get back home like Matt Damon on Mars. We've got this longing for us, right, to get back home. And it's restless and we try to find home here and we try to find home here and Jesus says, Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they find our home in him, until we find our home made in his love. And even for those of you that maybe don't know what you believe, maybe you're not Christians, maybe you're not sure what you are, I love this because Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you into my home. I want, you to, I want your heart to find the restlessness rested. I want you to find your home in me. This is what Jesus is inviting us to. What, is, how do, what does that mean to live in his love? What does it mean? It means it's very, very real to us. It means it's not just a belief, but it's how we actually are experiencing life so that when we're anxious, when we're anxious, we remember, man, I've got a God that loves me so much. You know, Jesus talks about his love in a couple ways. He says, no greater love has someone than this, and they lay down his life for his friends. And that's a pretty great kind of love, right? Someone that would say, I'll take a bullet for you. I'll, I'll give my life for your life. All the movies that we love, that's, that's kind of the thing, right? And Jesus is saying, that's the kind of love I have for you. 
And if that love is real to you, what happens when you're anxious? And you go, man, I got a God that loves me so much. He was willing to die for me in my place. And you know what else Jesus says? He says, as the, this is crazy. He says, as the Father has loved, so Jesus is talking. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Saying, man, God the Father, he loves me. I'm Jesus. He loves me so much. Jesus is perfect. God loves Jesus. Jesus always listened to the Father. God loves Jesus. Jesus always only spoke with the Father. He said, God loves Jesus. He delights in him. He says, you're my beloved son. I mean, he just loves Jesus, right? And Jesus says, you know, as the Father has loved me, I love you. Oh, that's kind of crazy. But if that love is real to you, if that's the love that you're living in, don't you think that'll affect if you're anxious? And you go, man, I've got a God that loves me like that. And Jesus says, he, he also says this, he says, live in my love, but he says, if my word is in you, if my word abides in you, then you live, then you live in me. If my word lives in you, then you live in me. If my word lives in you, then you live in my love. You know what he's saying? He's saying that his, we have to hear him speaking that to us in the Bible. I mean, think about a home where um, maybe it's, maybe you grew up like this, okay? I've known many people like this, and you grow up, and you have a dad that, a dad that loves you, a mom that loves you, but they don't tell you that. And they say, well, I do all these things for you, and I, you know, I've done this, and, but man I've, man, I've heard so many people say, all I ever wanted was my dad to say, I love you. All I ever wanted was my mom to say, I love you. And Jesus is saying, look, you can't just know that he loves you. You have to hear his words. His words of his love for you have to be real in your heart. That's how you live in his love. Because when you're in the middle of a situation where you're failing at something, and I'm just trying to give you different ways this applies. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's you're failing at something. You're not doing so hot. You're not doing so great. Like objectively, you're doing a bad job at whatever. Maybe at your work or being a mom or being a dad or being a wife or being a husband or being a Christian, whatever. You're just like, man, I am, I'm sucking. Okay? And you know what? In that moment when you're a failure, Jesus says, you know what you need to know? How much I love you. You know what you need to know? My words need to be so real to you that I love you so much I died for you that I want you to be connected to me. There's never been a branch. There's never been a branch that walked up to a grape tree and said, look at all my grapes. Can I attach to you? You know what that means? You're like, so, boy, that's weird. <laughs> what kind of weird children's book are you reading? What kind of <laughs> LSD children's book? There's never, been a, there's never been a grape bunch that said, look at all my fruit. Can I be a part of your tree? Here's what Jesus, this is what this means. Jesus is saying, when you're connected to me, you can come as a plain old nasty branch and I, I produce fruit in you. But here's what that means. It's God's love is gracious. So when you look at your life and go, I am a failure. And I know sometimes you feel like that. And what self-esteem would tell you to say is just ignore it and just tell yourself you're awesome. But a lot of times what happens is that works for about 10 minutes and then it goes on. You go, no, actually, I'm not doing so good. <laughs> at least that's how it happens for me. And Jesus says, you know what? It's okay if you fail. Because I don't love you based on how well you're doing. I love you. The Father has loved me, and I love you with that perfect love. 
I love you with a gracious love. I love you with a merciful love. I love you with a love that isn't based on your fruit. I love you when you're just a dry little branch. And I say, come to me. You know what? That, it, Jesus says, if you live in that love, that's what it means to be connected to him. That's what begins to change your life so that you actually move from here to there. So first thing is it means we live in his love, a love that is amazing, a love that is sacrificial, a love that is gracious, a love that is merciful. Don't you want to live in that love? I mean, I want that to be the house I live in. So Jesus says first is this, we, we have to, what does it mean to stay connected? It means to live in his love, abide in his love. And to abide in his love, his word has to abide in us. That means you can't just know he loves you, but you have to hear him say he loves you. You have to see his love for you. That's what this is. This has to be real to you. You have to let him speak his love to you. And then second is he says we have to obey. He says if you want to abide in my love, you have to obey what I say. Now, don't get this twisted and think it's the opposite of what I just said. That Okay, so if I do good things, then he'll love me? No, that's not what he's saying at all. But he's saying, look, I love you. I give you grace. I want you to live in my love. I want you to be connected to me. And if, if you want to stay connected to me, you've got you to stay with me in the home that I live in. But sometimes what happens is we start to leave that home and we go, okay, I think I got it now. I'm good. We go, okay, I'm going to do what I want. And then we go, I don't feel God's love. But it's, it would be like a child leaving a good, loving father's home and then going, man, I don't feel very close to my dad. Like, I'm not going to listen to my dad. I'm not going to do what my dad says. I'm not going to, but I don't, man, I don't feel very close to my dad anymore. Jesus says, look, I want you to stay in my love. I give you my love freely. I give it to you with grace. It doesn't cost anything for me to love you. And I want you to stay here so you can keep experiencing that. And a lot of times we think of obedience and negative ways, like, oh, I gotta obey God. But Jesus says the whole reason he wants that is so that our joy is full because he wants us to live in a loving home under his love. But if we wander away from that, then we, I mean, we don't experience it. We have to respond to the love he's given to us and live in his love. That's what he wants. And particularly when he says to obey him, he's talking about loving his people. It's not just being connected to him, but being connected to his people. Because he says, look, you, you'll, you'll be able to stay in my love if you obey me. You'll be able to stay in my love if you obey me. You'll be able to live in my love if you obey me. And here's what I say. Here's what I say to do. I say to love each other. You'll be able to stay in my love if you obey my commandments. And here's what my commandment is. Love each other. Because what he's saying is I'm, I'm creating this home. I'm creating this family, and I want you to be connected to me, and I want you to be connected to each other. What does it mean to be connected? If, if we're here, and we want to be there, and Jesus says, the way that you move from here to there is you got to be connected to me, well, what does it mean to be connected? It means you got to live in my love. It means you have to stay in my love by listening to what I say, and especially through loving each other. That's how you stay in my love. That's how you stay connected to me. You stay connected to my people. You stay connected to what I speak to you about how much I love you. That's how it happens. But here's another question. How does being connected lead to a fruitful life? So Jesus says we're, if we're here and we want to be there, we've got to be connected to him. And what it means to be connected is 
It means to stay in his love. It means to live in his love. And it means to obey him and be connected to his people. But how does that lead to this? That's what it means to be connected. But how is that the bridge that leads from here to there? If you're impatient and you want to be patient, if you're selfish and you want to be serving, if you're stingy and you want to be generous, if you've got kind of superficial friendships and you want deep community, if you kind of go through life but you want a life that really has purpose and really matters, if you want other people to to be connected to you and when that happens, their lives change in some way for the better, If if you experience anger and irritation and you want to be gentle and peaceful. How is it that being connected to Jesus leads to a fruitful life? How is it that living in his love leads to a fruitful life? How is it that being connected to his people and obeying him leads to a fruitful life? And Jesus gives us a couple things. And the first thing he says is this, at the very beginning of the verse, he says that, that Jesus is the vine. He says the Father, God the Father, is the vine dresser, which is the gardener. And, and he uses this image of pruning. And this is a, a grape orchard or whatever you would call it. A vin, um, it's grapes, okay? And um, this guy is the vine dresser. This guy's pruning. Jesus says, you know how, you know how being connected to me leads to a fruitful life? Part of it is the Father prunes anybody that's fruitful. So you don't prune something unfruitful, right? Sarah and I have this rose bush in front of our house, and we've lived there for three and a half years, and not one rose has ever shown up on it. So I've never pruned it. I don't know if I would prune it anyway, but I've never pruned it. Because it's not fruitful, so there's no reason to prune it. And Jesus says, those that are fruitful, the Father prunes. And here's what he's talking about. If you were... If you're connected to Jesus, if you're connected to him, and you say, I want to live in your love. I, 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 want, I want to live in your love. I want to be connected to you. I want to be attached to you. I want you to be defining my life. He goes, okay, you know what's got to happen? I got to trim away some things in there. I got to cut away some things in there. And you start to show some fruit. You start to see some things actually happen. You go, this is great. And he goes, yeah, it is, isn't it? And I want to see, I want to see more of that happen. Then, So he, he starts to cut away this area. And if, if you could hear a branch speak, what would it say? I mean, probably, ow! I mean, I don't know how a branch talks, but it would just, it would just it would, maybe it has a deeper voice. Ow, okay? I don't know what a branch sounds like. But if you could hear a branch, I know I'm giving, you know, words to all sorts. It's like a Disney movie up here. I'm, it's like the little toaster, okay? So I'm giving <laughs> words to all sorts of inanimate objects. But if you could hear a branch talk, it would be like, stop it, leave me alone, you're cutting me, you're hurting me. And Jesus is saying this, though, when you're living in his love, you trust him. See, how how is, how does being connected lead to a fruitful life? Part of it is, when you're connected to him, when you're living in his love, you trust him. You trust him, you trust how loving he is. So when when he starts to come into your life and he says, okay, I need to cut this away you know he's producing fruit. If you're connected to him and you're living in his love, you go, man, I know he's loving. I know he died for me. I know he was cut for me. I know he, was, I know he loves me so much that when he says, okay, I want you to have fruit, one of the things I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start to cut away parts in you that don't belong there. 
not because I'm trying to hurt you, because I want you to be the branch you're meant to be. I want there to be tons of fruit in your life that you want. And when you're connected to him, how does being connected lead to a fruitful life? When you're connected to him, which means you're living in his love, you trust him. So when the pruning comes, you go, okay, I'll take it. Cut it out. I trust you. I know this doesn't belong there. Cut it out. It leads to fruit because we're trusting him because we've been living in his love. But look, if we're not living in his love, here's what happens. If we're not living in his love, we go, I'm here, but I, I want to be over here. And, and he starts to come to prune something, and we don't really trust him. So no, I don't, I don't think I could give that up. I don't think I could change that. I don't think I, because we don't trust him. No, 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 don't do that. But if we're living in his love, then when he begins to prune us, when he begins to cut away parts of us that are holding us back from blossoming, we go, okay, do it. I know, I know you're good. That's the first way. The second way of how, of how being connected to him leads to a fruitful life is, is this. Jesus mentions prayer twice. He mentions prayer twice, and he says, he says, look, if you're living in me, if you're connected to me, and my words are in you, then ask me, and I'll do things. He says, if you are living in me, you're connected to me, and my words are in you, then ask me for things. So how does being connected lead to fruit? Here's what Jesus is saying. Look, when you are living in me, you know what begins to happen when you're living in my love? You experience my love. You know what happens when my word is in you and it's becoming more? It, that's like, it's actually a part of you. It's shaping you like a little child with the Broncos. It's shaping you. That's who you are. Then you know what happens? You want other people to experience that. So you pray and you go, God, will you do this? So you're over here and, and you're experiencing you're experiencing, it's all good. You're experiencing God give you grace. You're experiencing him give you grace. And then you go, man, I want other people to know about that. And so you pray. You pray, Lord, will you help them to know grace? Lord, will you help me to be gracious to them? You're over here and you're experiencing God's patience with you. You're living in his love. His words are living in you. It's becoming a part of you. So then it comes out of you. So you're experiencing God is patient towards me. He loves me. He's gentle with me. He laid down his life for me. And so then, and then fruit over here is what you want. And so you pray for it. And you go, God, man, I want to see, I want to see you be, I want to see you change other people's lives. Help me to be patient with them. Help me to, help me to be, help me to serve them like you've served me. See, when God's words start to get inside of you, because you're connected to him. When God's words start to get inside of you, when his love gets inside of you, it flows out of you. And the way that that happens is you start to pray, God, do this. I've seen you do it to me. Will you do it to them? God, I've seen you do it to me. Now help me to be like that to them. That's how prayer makes this connection. His words become a part of us. And so we want his will. We want what he wants. It's becoming a part of us. And so we ask him to do it. You know, this is, this is like this, okay, this picture. And the ultimate end of, the ultimate end of, um, of, a, of, a, of a vine and branches and grapes isn't just, oh, look at all these grapes, right? 
It's that they actually produce something, that they're actually being fruitful, that they're actually blessing people. Just like a space heater's ultimate goal isn't just to be plugged into the wall and blow hot air. It's to create a warm environment. It's to create a warm wife. It's to create a cozy place for hospitality. And Jesus is saying, be connected to me. And when you're connected to me around your life, there can be blessing. You can bless other people. You can, I mean, this is wine, so that's grapes, right? So you can, you can, it can, it can create all of this. This is what fruit can do. Jesus looks at our life and says, man, I want you to grow and to change so that those people around you experience me. They experience patience and they experience grace and they experience joy and your life becomes this blessing. And here's how the connection happens. When we're experiencing Jesus' love for us, we go, God, I want this. Will you make this happen in my life? Will you allow me to be a part of making this happen? When his will and his words and his love is becoming more and more inside of us, we start to ask for it. We start to say, God, help me to live that kind of life because I've seen you do it to me and I want you to do it to others. His words become a part of us and so we want what he wants and we ask to do to others what he's done to us. Final thing is this. What does this kind of life create? And Jesus kind of ends, and we'll read this last part. Jesus kind of ends a little shaky, a little interesting, not necessarily on a super high note, because what happens is Jesus says, man, I want, I want your life to be fruitful. I want you to be connected to me, and then when you're connected to me, that it's blessing to other people. It's love for other people. It's this wine feast for other people. That's what I want for you. That's what I want to see happen. But then he says this. Here's what happens next, last part of the chapter. He kind of switches abruptly. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. So if the people around you start to criticize you and they don't like you, Jesus says, well, they didn't like me either. If you were of the world, so if you weren't connected to me, but you were connected to something else, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Jesus is saying, look, you're connected to me, so everything that happens to me is going to start happening to you. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, on account of me, because they don't know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have not been guilty of sin. But now that they have no excuse for their sin, he's saying when he came and he spoke to people and they reject him, there, there's, no, there's no excuse. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law He's talking about the religious leaders must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, saying you'll talk about me when the Holy Spirit comes, because you've been with me from the beginning. Then he closes with this. I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. They'll kick you out of their community. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I've said these things to you that when the hour comes, you will remember that I told them to you. Did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. So let me just end with this. What does this kind of life create? Here's what Jesus says, as, as we live in his love, 
as we're connected to him, as, as, we, are, as we are living in him and his words are living in us and, and we're asking him to do things and we're, and we're praying that he blesses other people's lives through us, what happens is the more that we're living in his love, the more we start to move out because we want other people to experience it. We start to move out because we go, man, God's given me this love. I want others to have it. And we start to move out into the world. We want other people to be connected to Jesus. Because if Jesus really is this life-giving source, if he really is that, then we go, man, I want other people to have that. And so we move out into the world. But then what happens isn't just, oh, it's great and everybody wants that. A lot of times there's opposition. The people go, I don't like Jesus and I don't like you. And the reason is this, if you think about it, if you're just a good person, people go, man, you're a good person, that's great. But if you start talking about Jesus and you start saying, no, I'm not, it's not just about being a good person. You say, man, I'm connected to this vine. That's a, that's a, you know what it is? It's humbling. Because Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So some people go, man, I want that. I want to be connected to that. I want to be connected to somebody that isn't just giving me rules, but someone that's saying, you can actually enter into life with me. Some people go, I want that. Jesus says, some people responded to him and said, I want you. And other people didn't. Because some people go, well, I don't, that's not what I want. I don't want to be connected to something. I want to be a free branch. I'll be a good branch. I'll have good fruit. I, but I don't want to be connected. I don't want my life to be intertwined. Jesus said that's how the religious leaders responded to him, and that's how they will respond to us. He says some people accepted him and wanted to be connected to him, and the same will happen in our lives, and other people didn't, because it's a humbling thing to go, I'm not just trying to tell you to be good people. I'm trying to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. So some people go, I want that. I want to be connected to life. I want to be, I, I, I know I'm a branch and I want to be connected to life. I don't want to keep just trying to grow grapes and pop them out of my branchness. I want to be connected to life. And some people go, that's insulting. That's insulting. I can be good. I don't need to be connected to something else. So Jesus says that it creates this fruitful life when you're connected to him. It creates this a blessing to other people when you're connected to him. But it moves us out because we want other people to experience that. But when we do that, he says, there's going to be opposition. And he says, I want to tell you that so, you don't, so you're not shocked by it when it happens. Here's what Jesus is saying. And here's what we remember when we take communion. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants, he wants a fruitful life for all of us. He wants us to be able to move from here to there so that we're a blessing to other people. He wants to actually not just give you a bunch of things to do, but for your life to be connected to his. And when we take communion, we remember that he had his body broken and his blood shed. That was the cost. That's what he did to, to invite us to him. That's what Jesus says here. I laid down my life for you so you could be connected to me. And so when we take communion, remember that. Remember that Jesus was willing to give his life so that you could be connected to him, so that you could have a life that is filled with beautiful blessing, both to yourself and to other people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. And thank you that you invite us to be connected to you. 
Jesus, um, you said that apart from you, we can do nothing. And, and, I, and I just pray for each of us here that we would be connected to you. And whatever that means for whoever's in this room, for those that are not connected to you at all, God, I pray, draw our hearts to be connected to you, to live for the first time in your love. For those of us that are connected to you, but we continue to wander and we continue to disconnect and we continue to to pull away. Lord, help us to live in your love. What an amazing invitation you give to us to live in your love. I pray that you would make your love real to us even now as we sing and take communion. That we would, even here in this moment, live in your love. In your name, Jesus, we pray.